Hello and welcome. You're listening to Start Again with Shauna Lee, the place where you will be reminded that it's never too late and you're never too old to do the damn thing. So stick around if you're ready to vibe higher and be inspired to chase your dreams. Together, we will uncover your soul's truest desires. Now, if you're ready, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back, everyone. I am introducing you to a new friend today. Her name is Jackie. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I am so excited. Um, When I saw your information come over, I thought, well, this is going to be a really fun story to hear. So let's start there. Tell everyone who you are and where you're coming from. So my name's Jackie Higgin. I live in a place called Merby North, which is in Gippsland, Victoria, Australia. So it's a small country town with like 1,500 people that live in it. It's about two hours drive east of Melbourne. So that's where I live um, with the husband, a couple of fur babies and some chickens on a property. Three quarters of an acre, 3,000 square metres. It's like bigger than a house block where I grow all my own vegetables, cook stuff, run a cooking class, and I also work as a journalist remotely. Yeah, so you are doing both of those things. You've, yes. You've, um, you've touched on a little bit, but this first question that I like to ask everyone is how have you embraced this idea of starting again? I've started again multiple times in my life. The cooking was even a starting again. The journalism, which I've only graduated from my post-grad university uh, at the end of 2021, it seems to be starting again for people that I have to work for, but to me it wasn't actually starting again. It was restarting, if that makes sense. So originally I grew up not far from where we live um, in the country. I had this idea that when I was um, old enough to finish high school that I was going to move to the city and I was going to work as a television engineer. So we are talking in the late 90s, early 2000s. There's not that many women television engineers. It's not something that women, uh, it's not an industry that embrace women. I think even women don't really embrace women wanting to work in that side. Now, an engineer in America, they call them technical directors. Uh, They're the people that make things work on the television. So they're the people who go to sporting events, set it all up, let everybody else make the sporting event. And then that's what you see at home on the broadcast. You are someone who sort of gets unacknowledged. You're in the background. You work really long hours, um, all those sort of things. Also, doubly hard. I'm a girl, so that made it a little bit more tough. Um, So I did worked up to the stage where I could do that, and I was working on jobs where we had, um, you know, 30 cameras and they went for days and, you know, did things like the Olympics. and in Australia, cricket's big, so I did a lot of cricket. Um, so I travelled around. And you travelled all the time, so you, you don't stay in one place here. We tra- we would travel around the country continuously. So I ended up burning myself out, like not being able to get out of bed, burning myself out. And I remember talking to a counsellor one day and going through my, like, you know, I'd written down every day that I'd worked. And I'm reading out the times to him. He's like, no wonder you burnt yourself out. You know, you're working you never had two days in a row off, worked every weekend, worked 12 hours every day, um, ended up burning myself off. The only good thing about it was I actually met my now husband at work um, and he was doing the same job. By then we started dating and we're living together and uh, he basically supported me through the part where you can't get out of bed. Like literally I was 
that sick mm. that I couldn't physically get out of bed. I was diagnosed with depression, continuous sort of theme. Through. Once you get diagnosed, it's a continuous theme through your life, but it's a little bit different now than it was then. Um, and I had this other dream when I was a young girl living on a farm not far from where we are that when I got old I was going to move back and I was thinking old was like 30 at the yeah time. I was going to move back yeah old was 30 um, I was going to move back where I came from and grow vegetables and cook and like cook food and have people come and share the food and um, my life with me because I literally could not go back to television work I went and retrained as a chef so I went back to school did my trade qualifications when got a job washing dishes, worked in hotels, did all different jobs, and then uh, 15 years ago we moved to where we live now and started my little business called Jackie Can, which is originally I thought, like everyone, I'm going to do everything in hospitality. I'm going to have a cafe and a restaurant and all those things. No, now and run cooking classes and grow all my own food and I'm going to do everything, you know, like normal. Too much, did too much, did too much, did yep. too much. Yep. So the business now has just become the cooking classes. And after you've done them for a long time, so I've been doing them for nearly 10 years, you um, get into a pattern where you can do what you do regularly and you have to decide whether you're going to grow the business or you're going to maintain the business. And I decided because of where we live and uh, the effort that has to go into it and the cost of advertising and things like that, that instead of pushing that to another extreme that I would actually go back and work in media so while I've been working on the business I actually also did my undergraduate university qualifications so went to college went to university um, and got a business degree and uh, I thought well I've been running this business I understand how it all works I have all my classes planned Um, I'm going to go back and do a postgrad qualification in something something that will give me some practical skills. And I thought about what I always wanted to do, which was work in media. So I went back and did a postgrad qualification in journalism. So now I work in journalism as a media organisation and run the cooking classes as well. Wow. So I've you know, started to become a broadcast engineer, restarted to become a chef and a business owner, and now have restarted again to actually work back in media where I originally wanted to work in the first place, if that makes sense. Yes, I'm following everything that you've said, um, which is a lot. Well, it's not a, I, I don't feel like it's a lot. People will tell me, oh my God, you're amazing. You do all these things. And I'm like, do I? I, you know, I don't do feel I? like I, like, I don't feel like I do that much every day. I'm pretty lucky. And the job that even as working as a journalist, um, I work remotely from where I ride for. And, uh, so I do it all over the phone and I talk to people on emails and uh, yeah. it's it's like I don't find it that hard if that makes sense. So, you know, yeah, I don't. It does. Yeah. It does. Well, and I think other people can look at your story and totally be inspired by it and maybe mm-hmm. intimidated by how much you've accomplished. And I would look at that type of a journey and think, wow, she's she's fearless. She just goes after what she wants. I've had a bit of personal coaching and things like that. Not very much. Um, I worked out that I personally, so I strive on learning stuff and I'm always looking to learn something. So I get bored if I'm not learning new skills. 
Um, at the moment with the writing and journalism, I literally, I was an engineer. So my brain was a maths brain who could, you know, build electronical things and do maths equations. Writing was a really far reach for me when I was younger. Yep. Now I write every day. So, you know, things, it's quite a bizarre transformation. And then I'm in the fortunate position that, yes, I have a job where I can work for two hours this morning, get paid to work for two hours, and then go into my kitchen and cook something this afternoon and then maybe come back and do another two hours of yeah. writing something. And they're, they're linked, but they're not completely linked. Yeah. Well, you seem like a, a multifaceted, diverse interest type of a person like me. I also mm-hmm. get bored doing the same thing. And I also want to co- consistently learn something new. And it's interesting because I also made a transition from a very technical field to, a, mm-hmm. I consider writing more creative. It's using a different part of my brain in a different way than I had mm-hmm. when I was in the business world. Um, so I am totally resonating personally with everything that you've said. Mm-hmm. What do you think inspires you most about your own story? Because I've dealt with depression for a really long time and it's one of those things that is it's just there, always just below the surface and, you know, could have a bad day any day. I don't have days where you can't get out of bed anymore, but um, I just want to always be happy. So if I'm like, you know, I'm doing something that makes me happy, then I'm happy if that makes sense. So yeah, um, yeah. that's that probably what motivates me. So the writing thing for me at the moment is I'm still learning a lot about doing the writing thing. Uh, yeah. For me, it was my logical brain went, I didn't realise all these grammar rules that oh, yes. no one had ever explained to me. Now that someone's explained them to me or said, oh, this is how they work, I've gone, oh, that, 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 there was a logic to writing that I oh, sure. didn't know existed. And no one actually explained it to me or I didn't take it in because my brain wasn't ready to take it in at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. There's definitely um, a a logical, analytical side of writing. Um, So when when I first wrote my book, um, well, my first book, I wrote a novel, which is completely Mm -hmm. fictional, creative writing, which is different than a self-help book, which is, you know, like nonfiction writing is just totally different. Uh, But the creative, I had to get into the right creative mindset. I needed to be in the flow in order to create these Mm -hmm. stories, you know, from nowhere. And when it came to editing, it was completely the other side of my brain where I had to come and look at it from a very logical grammar specific aspect. Um, So I think that's why I enjoyed the process of writing because it allowed me to use both sides of who I am. Well, see everything that I write, I have to edit. Um, And originally when I, I left university, um, had six months where I'm like, oh, what do I do? And because I live in the region, in a in a regional area, in a in a rural setting, it's not the same. You can't just go and find a job like you can in a city. So, um, I got a job as a cadet journalist at a local newspaper. And um, when I first started, I couldn't write anything. Like I literally, the editor was like, you can't spell. You have no grammar. You like, <laughs> he would like complete. He'd be like. I don't even know what this word you've just put on the page is. Um, <laughs> I'm like serious. I'm like very yes, serious. I'm sure. <laughs> and now, see, I, and then he left that job and I left that job because it didn't work out for either of us. And I still work for him. So it's still the same person that I'm working for. And now he'll ring me up and like, 
what's this sentence that you put in? Um, I wrote a story about a guitar decorating competition this week. And one of the entries, they had given the person a first prize, but they've written, we don't understand his handwriting. We think his name is something or, you know, J-K. Mm-hmm. You, it was spelt really badly. So I wrote in the article, uh, considering really bad handwriting, J-K-Y won the competition. And the editor rang me up and went, what does that sentence mean? Like, can I cut the sentence out? And I'm like, well, yeah, you can. I'm just writing it that they may not have spelt the 15-year-old kid's name correctly in the local right. paper. Like, I'm right, I wrote it like that. So he rings me up and says things like that. He doesn't ring me up anymore and go, you couldn't, what's that word? I didn't understand what you were writing because you couldn't spell it. Now, in saying that, it's also because my analytical brain has worked out ways of helping myself write that I didn't mm-hmm. have before or I didn't know. So now I um, I can't proofread. Like I literally struggle reading something off the screen and I don't, I'm not a very strong reader. I've never really been a strong reader. So now I listen back to everything that I write and I can hear if I've done a grammatical error and I correct yes. it that way. So he, my editor's now surprised. He was like, I don't know how you've actually worked out how to not give me things with mistakes anymore. Um, so, yeah, I've learned how to use technology to help me write um, write my stories better. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I, I'm picking up on two things in what you've shared. The first, I think, is the most important, which is when you first started, you weren't very good at it. Yes. And you did it anyways. Yes. And you got the job even though you weren't a very good writer in the beginning. Yes. And I think that just speaks to, we have to get out and do the thing before we're good at it. Like we're not going to be good until you've had practice and you've worked at it. This is really a conversation I should be having to my children (laughs) who my daughter wants to be like, you know, perfect out of the gates. I'm like, oh, baby girl, that's not how this works. Like you got to work at it. Um, But I know a lot of people who will not apply for the job because they don't think that they're qualified. Yep. It was a great example of you do it and you can still get the job. Well, fortunately for a position, you know, I don't know what it is where you are, but where we are, they prefer to hire journalists that have qualifications as journalists. So that's just how they, our industry seems to work. The only irony is because I was interested in working in media before, no one told me that, that that's one of the reasons how you get a job is you have the qualification that they want. Uh, before so I've applied for jobs and got to the like really at to the end of the interview process and then been told I'm not qualified enough and I've been like what was that what was that but now I know that it was because they went you didn't have qualification that's okay I'm over that hurdle yeah because the cooking thing's a thing that I do as well so I 20 years ago or more went back to school did my trade certificate learned to be a chef washed dishes did all those things and then every day of my life I cook right I um, cook most of the food that we eat from scratch. I cook all my own pastry. I make my own preserves. I do all that stuff. And I've recently joined a lot of cooking groups, like to, you know, preserving groups and things. And I noticed that a lot of people are starting and they want the first time they make dill pickled pickles to be perfect. And they like freak out mm-hmm. that it's not perfect the first time that they do it. And then they're like, but how do you yeah. make it perfect? And I'm like, I've been practicing for 20 years. And I can tell you that mm-hmm. even when I practice or make a new cake recipe or something, I'm still practicing. Like 
there's still a chance yes. I might make a mistake. Like not yeah. everything has to yeah. be perfect all the time. Yeah, and I don't I don't know about you. I um I tend to create my better dishes. I would not consider myself an amazing cook. I what I am good at, I'm a resourceful cook. <laughs> so I can go into a kitchen with a handful of ingredients and make an amazing soup. Yep. I don't follow recipes when it comes to soups nine times out yep. of 10. Um, and so, yeah, I might make a dud every now and yep. again, but I feed my family. It's fine. Yep. But in the process of it, sometimes I like hit the jackpot and I'm like, I can't even recreate this because I don't know how I did it. Yep. So I cook my yeah. family, my cook my meals like that every night and I'll just serve something yeah. up different to the husband every single, I think, sometimes I think, how do I serve something up different to him every day? And it's because I've practiced the same. So the writing's the bit the same. It's like I'm practicing doing it because I get to do it every single day, if that makes sense. So it's the totally. same thing. And I have noticed a lot of people are like, we want to be able to do exactly what you do, but we don't want to practice. And then when you say, I've practiced, practiced making these pickles for 20 years, like right. I did have stuff-ups at the beginning too. Um, oh, sure. Like everybody. So I keep practicing things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so the writing is what I practice now. So I write. I don't think I'll write today. I've got some other things to do. But, yeah, and now I'm in the fortunate position that if I've got something else to do, I just don't actually go to work, <laughs> which is yeah. I've got that's the catch, isn't it? I'm in the fortunate position where yeah. I have a job where I work as many hours as I work. They pay me for what I produce. But if I've got something else to do, I can go, oh, I've got something else to do today no one goes why didn't you turn up yeah well and I think um you you hit on something that was really important with the writing as well I had heard this when I was in the process of creating that first novel was when it comes to editing and proofreading your own work to to print it out and read it out loud because you always catch stuff when you're hearing it that you can't see it any longer and I think that was a really great piece of advice I got yep well I now well the computer will read it out for me so I literally go through and read it out and that's the things that you pick up is you left an s off the end of a word uh those sort of yep you know those sort of grammar little tiny grammar mistakes that if you just read your document you forget that oh you read over things and things yeah our eyes don't pick it yeah so when people talk about how my job in theory is going to be replaced by a computer and or artificial intelligence, I go, yeah, that's good, but I'm already using the artificial intelligence to actually be able to do the job, if that makes sense. So I'm not scared of being obsolete. Also, the stories that I write, like about a guitar decorating competition in a small country town, I'm not sure if the computer is going to be able to ring the person up and ask them the questions about who won the guitar competition in the 12 year old age group like I'm I don't think that's yeah. going to happen in the short term very quickly if that makes sense yeah and I agree I think there's lots of ways where technology is being integrated into humanity in ways yep. that work and I also see how humans are threatened by that but I think um there's there's plenty of ways that we can recognize I thought about this the other day and I was like there was something I heard in the news where people were talking about Robots were going to take over server positions and they were going to be the bartenders and the waiters bringing your food and how there was an element of people were pissed off about it and they were a little bit scared about it. And I thought, 
Oh no, we've already been listening to the machines tell us which direction to go and what road to turn on mm-hmm. and relying on the computer to tell us for many years. We've, yep. we've already been conditioned to accept and trust technology to help us just get where we need to go. And it would be the same way you are. So serve a job, p- pancakes. There's a robot that makes pancakes these days. You press it, you go to your hotel, you press a button and out comes a pancake. Like you don't, there's not a person standing there flipping it for you anymore. So, you know, we've been using the technology even in the food industry. We just mm-hmm. have maybe, you know, it's not a robot that comes out and gives it to you to you at the table. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but you also can then make a choice which restaurant you go 100%. to. So, like, I have people come to my restaurant and I feed them a five-course meal, which I've lovingly grown everything, gone out and got the proteins from an actual farmer down the road you know, lovingly made them all the food, Mm -hmm. grown all the food that they're eating, there still will be people that will do that and there will still be people that want to experience that. The catch is it might cost more time because you're paying for my time more than you're paying for me to make mass-produced food, Mm -hmm. Yeah, if that makes sense. So, you know, we integrate, everything's being integrated in together. you just got to find a different way of, you know, working together. Well, yes. And I like what you said. We always have the choice. Yes. Because I think people forget that. And that's really important to mention. Yeah. You can pick which restaurant you go to. It's not, it's like you can decide yourself. Yeah. Completely. So one of the things about me being on this journey to learn more information, I, I think the day I stop learning is the day I die is what I've said for years. I thoroughly enjoy learning. Uh, but in the process of Mm -hmm. this learning for me is learning lessons. So I think my life has been a plethora of lessons. So if you look back on your journey, what do you think is the common theme in each of your lessons? For me, I've learned to apply my initiative. So any, you know, literally what you're saying, I've learned to go, Right, how I want to do this, I want to write articles for the newspaper. How do I use my initiative to work out how to do it? Um, so I, and that's something that's been sort of through my whole entire life. So it's a bit like um, I've had periods of my life very, when I was very young where I was homeless and had to, you know, go, you know, was living hand to mouth, that sort of thick lifestyle, not on purpose, just how my life had turned not out on at purpose. that time. You're not on purpose. No one does it on purpose. No. So you have to use your initiative to work out what you're going to do next, where you're going to sleep next, or what you're going to yeah, for sure. Where you're going to stay next. So I've worked through the initiative. You know what? How are you going to get your next hot meal? That sort of stuff. So initiative's been something that I've always, always done. I'm also very. I've learned to share lots of stuff, like you know, physically share things, but also I'm very good at sharing. A lesson that I learned is I'm pretty very good at sharing my information or sharing my knowledge or um uh, sharing like my skills with people so you know I'm good at helping other people or I'm happy to give you the advice that you need to be able to do the same thing if that makes mm-hmm. sense like to make whatever it is you want to do a little bit better but in saying that I'm not a coach I have no ambitions to be a coach or a business development type person because I'm ha- I've worked out my biggest lesson, you've just made me realise what the biggest one, though, and I've talked about this a few times with my husband, um, my biggest lesson is I've learned I'm a practical person. So 
I don't want to be the person because recently I've been applying mm. for jobs and they were like, oh, you're you're 50, so you would like be the manager of people and you're going to have to deliver bad news and you're going to have to manage. And I'm like, no, I've applied to this job because I actually want the job writing the things. Like I'm the practical person. Like I'm the person that's going to do stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily the person that's going to manage mm-hmm. other people to do things. And I've probably learnt that that's, where I fit and that I should not be striving to be the person that manages other people. Um, That's just my personal thing. Like I've worked that out about myself, that I'm going to be the doer, not the implementer. Yeah. I think that's really important for people to hear though, because I think um, especially in this world where we hear, you know, everyone's quitting their job and becoming a coach or how can you start a business or be an entrepreneur or lead the way and climb the ladder and all the ways that we're mm-hmm. having people believe they have to strive for more. Yep. At the end of the day, we need people to fill all the slots yep. of all the things. So we need people who want to be the practical doers, as well as the people who want to manage the people doing the thing. Like it takes all of us to do the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I've worked out about me is I'm a practical doer. I'm interested in journalism jobs where I'm actually making journalism. I'm not interested in jobs where I'm going to manage other people making journalism, if that makes sense. So yeah, that, that's something I've worked out myself. Um, and But because of my age and because of my qualifications and my experience and working for yourself and all these different things, I, mm-hmm. I had a job interview not that long ago and literally they were like, oh, you're going to manage the juniors. And I went, <laughs> no, I'm applying for this job because you want somebody to do a particular task. I'm happy to do the task. I'm not happy to be the person that oversees the other mm-hmm. people doing the task. And I understand that that mm-hmm. comes with a pay cut because we pay the people who do the tasks at the bottom of the pay scale a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily I live in a regional area. I have a supportive relationship. I can do all the things and do what I need to do or want to do without having to worry about whether or not I've got a roof over my head or, you know, we've got food. Yep. Um, and, you know, because we then grow all our own food, I don't think I'm going to ever run out of food. That makes sense in the backyard. It's Yeah. I, it sounds like I'm a bit jumbled up with the talking, but literally I do You're everything. Not. No, it's all Does that make sense? sense? I do everything every day. But yeah. the only thing I have learned too, though, about doing everything every day is you can only do one thing at a time. So. you do everything every day you can just do you can only cook once like I can't cook a cake and be writing an article at the same time unless the article is about cooking the cake but um because I my brain will still then yeah I've tried to do all the things at the same time I'm a, a multitasker so I I can do quite a few different things but I have learned that one can be the doing task that doesn't take a lot of thought and the other one can require thought, yep. but they can't both require thought. That's the only way. Yep. Like I can't yep. type an email and also listen to someone talk to me. Like I can't do two things that require thought at the same time. So no, no, I, I understand that. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the younger you and some of the struggles you've gone mm-hmm. through. When you think back to the younger version of you, what advice would you give her? Just keep at it. It's not as bad as, you know, you think it was. Well, it was pretty bad then, but it's not as. See, I grew up on a dairy farm and I'm the oldest child of like seven kids. Mm. So when you're the oldest kid, you get oh wow, big family more responsibilities than, say, the younger kid. 
um, my youngest sister says to me regularly, yes, you I do. think you spent a lot of time writing, didn't you? And I'm like, probably yes. Um, she's now, you know, she's now 35 and has two <laughs> kids of her own. But, um, yeah, so that, you know, so the younger self needs to know that it's not that bad in the end. Things will work itself out. You will get out of the hole that you think that you're in and you'll learn where you fit in everything. Yeah. So and you'll end up where you want to be. So it just took me a re- it just took me thirty years or forty years to get there, but you'll end up where you want to be. Piece of cake, no big deal. <laughs> it's true. It is true. I love that. So when you look forward to your next endeavor or where you're going from here, what do you now believe is possible for your own life? Um, I possible for my own life. I'm in this crossroads. Do I, because I'm 50 and in Australia, I'll have to work till I'm 68 or something, uh, you know, unless there's health problems or there's a, you know, and I don't have a huge amount of money, so I'll have to work for a long time. And I, part of me is like, do I make a decision now that my husband's a bit older than me, that we give up and we go traveling and we become what's called a gray nomad and we live, you know, hand to mouth and spend it and enjoy the rest of our lives or do I spend the next 10 years building a career and going back into media and you know working full-time and building my networks and doing all those Mm. things so I'm still in this I'm in this position right now where I'm trying to actually work out which way I should go if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask anyone to help me work that out I just have to work that out myself like you know I'm not going to get someone to come in and go well let's review your life and work out where you fit and which direction I just have to work out. So it's to the extent where I've started looking for jobs that I really want to do, for example, because I have to work for the next 10 years. And if I get one of them, I'm going to go and do it. So I've always wanted to be a television producer. This sounds very high in the sky thing. So I've started applying for jobs, which may mean I have to move out of home and go live in the city. But Mm. the husband's fine with that. We've got a pretty good relationship. I'm like, yes, I won't have to cook dinner every night. Um, so I'm looking for I I'm in a bit where I'm like, well, I have the it's not the resources, but I ha- sort of have the resources or I have the headspace to do exactly what I want to do. So I'm going to go off and do it. Doesn't mean it'll happen, yeah. but why not? Why not? I love it. It does. And I have to work for an ex- at least 10 years of my life, so I might as well do something I like. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I tell everybody this. I don't care yeah. if you've got two years left or two decades left. You might as well be yeah. doing something you love. Yes. So that's, yes. that's how I'm looking at it. It sounds really sort of yeah. weird. And um, I don't that's... think it sounds weird at all. I think it sounds brilliant, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So how can people find you? How can they find me? Yes. So Jackie spelled J-A-C-I, Hicken, and my business name is Jackie Can, J-A-C-I-C-A-N. If you ask Google for Jackie Can, he, she sends you to a, China, a Hong Kong martial arts star. Oh. Because <laughs> it, sounds almost, it sounds almost the same. Um, Google calls it Jassie Can. I, that's just how <laughs> Jassie Can. So Jackie Can. Um, so my business is called Jackie Can. Uh, you can Google it, you can Facebook it, you can Twitter it, or whatever that's called now. X, exit, Instagram it. It's the same handle on everything. So um, okay, good. because I've been doing it for a long time, I got all that organised a really long time ago. So I 
don't have wow. never had that argument with the internet going, oh, someone else has got my business name. And Jackie Can comes from Jackie Can Cook, Jackie Can Garden, Jackie Can Do Anything. So that's how that name came about. I love it. I <laughs> love it. You. Well, I will definitely link all of those places mm-hmm. for my listeners in the show notes. But I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thanks. So thank you for joining me. It was such a pleasure. If anyone's anywhere near Mobile North in South Gippsland in wherever I am, Victoria, because this is go going worldwide. Yeah, welcome to pop in. The kettle is always on. I love it. Well, thank you again. Thanks. Okay, listen, are you struggling to find what your true purpose really is? You should try journaling. At the very least, it will get you to a better feeling place than where you are right now. I've created a set of journal prompts to get you on your way to discovering who you truly are and where you want to go from here. My free download is called Journal Yourself to Joy, and it's available at shaunalee.com under free stuff. These are my tried and true journal prompts that will raise your energy, increase your positivity, and brighten your day. Download yours today.